Welcome to TNS, the new school at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for a conversation with Morgan Curtis, Neria Alicia Garcia, and Victoria Santos. So welcome, everyone. My name is Kira Epstein. I'm the program coordinator at the New School at Commonweal. And I am here today with our host, Victoria Santos, to welcome you to this conversation with Morgan Curtis and Neria Alicia Garcia. I'll turn this over to Victoria in a few minutes to welcome you further and to introduce our guests. We are recording this conversation right now and we'll have produced audio and video files available in a couple of weeks on our website. You can also find and subscribe to get all of our recordings on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Big thanks as ever to Ken Adams, who is behind the scenes helping us with our production. If the topic of this series, Money as Medicine, is of interest to you, you can watch or listen to the first conversation in this series, a conversation about reparative philanthropy with Victoria and Cardis Gardner-Gleeser. It's on our website and media outlets. And now a few words about our host, Victoria Santos. Victoria is the founder and director of Commonweal's Center for Healing and Liberation, and she is working on a new venture called the Racial Healing Initiative with the Retreat Center Collaborative. Victoria has trained in the fields of psychology, conflict resolution, meditation, ritual, and embodied practice. For 10 years, Victoria assisted Sabonfu Somme in leading grief rituals according to the Dagara traditions of Burkina Faso. We're so pleased to have Victoria hosting with us again today, so thank you, Victoria. And now I think we're ready to begin. Morgan Curtis, Niria Alicia Garcia, and Victoria Santos, welcome to the New School at Commonweal. Mm, thank you so much, so much for that introduction, Kira. And thank you all for being here. It's such a, I just, I was looking forward to this conversation. And um, I just want to say that I really hold this conversation as a form of what my friend Olin Bishop calls an indaba, which is like a sacred conversation where we have something really important to tell each other. And so it is for this reason that we're hosting this conversation because these two young women have something really important to share. And I just want to ask our ancestors, uh, those ancestors in good standing, let's say, that are ready to help us and to just come forth and support us in this conversation. And may this conversation be medicine for the waters and for the plants and for the birds and for all of us, regardless of where we are and which part of the world we are right now, may this be for uh, the healing of this planet and the healing of our hearts. Um, with that, I would like to uh, introduce Nidia Alicia Garcia. And Nidia is a, a Chicana Indígena community organizer and educator, a story keeper and a human rights advocate devoted to protecting the sacredness of Mother Earth and the dignity of historically oppressed people. 
She is a first-generation proud daughter of immigrant farm and forestry workers from Michoacán and from Chihuahua, Mexico. In 2019, um, Nidia was awarded the, um, the Emerging Leaders Award from Green Latinos. This year, the United Nations gave her the highest honor given to a young person, naming her the young champion of the earth for North America for her work with Run for Salmon. And Nidia has been doing a lot, and she's going to share it more uh, as we go on. But now I would like to introduce her collaborator and partner um, in all good things, Morgan Curtis. And Morgan is a white owner class person who is guided by the call to transmute the legacy of her colonizer and enslaver ancestors. Morgan is dedicated to working with her fellow people with wealth and class privileges to redistribution, atonement, and repair of white ancestral harms. As a facilitator, a money coach, and a ritualist, she works to catalyze the healing of relationships with self, family, and, and family, ancestors, community, and the land, enabling the surrender of power and control so that resources can flow towards social, environmental, and economic justice. She's in the process of redistributing 100% of her inherited wealth and 50% of her income to primarily Black and Indigenous-led organization and land projects. Thank you both for being here. Um, before I ask, I turn it over to you. I want to ask, I know that my friend Brenda Saldana is on the call and I'm just gonna ask her to just help us to ground this conversation because she is such a healer and such a medicine woman that I really want us to, all of us on this call to really ground this conversation so that it becomes more than just words. We are done with just the words. We need the energy behind the words to move forth, to move our energy, to move us forward so that we really can help this planet Earth that's crying for us to be in partnership with her. So on that note, I'm going to ask you, um, Nidia, Alicia, what do you think is important for us to know besides what I shared about you? What do you want to share? Good day to you all, beautiful people that I see and do not see. Um, Victoria, I just, I wanted to backpedal a little because I'm really moved by um, what you shared earlier about how, like, you know, may this be a conversation that actually is, like, good, a good, a good conversation where good things come um, out of. And so I just wanted to offer some medicine um and invite folks if you want to just like literally imagine that we're in the same room and that when i light this medicine it will also reach you um and my prayer for it is that um this this medicine which is actually sage that grows here on on canical farm uh sometimes it drops its little leaves and so i, we, I pick it up and i put it in my little shell and i like light it um, but I just want to invite us to um, to open ourselves up to the wisdom uh, of this plant to really help us um, clear our minds this morning so that we can think good thoughts 
Maybe you're still thinking about the last email you read before you got on this call. Maybe you're worried about something. Um, and so just invite, invite us to open ourselves up to let the medicine clear our minds so that we can um, learn what we need to learn um, to do what is ours to do. Inviting this medicine to um, clear our eyes so that we can see each other with good eyes in this conversation in this next hour we're going to be together. <sighs> Inviting this uh, medicine to clear our ears so that we can hear um, the good things that, that we're here to share with one another so that we can understand um, in, a, in a deeper way and 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 listen with the ears of our hearts uh, and then uh, inviting this medicine to to clear clear our our mouths and our in our voice so that we can speak good words um, that can inspire move and heal one another so that's for this work that uh, we believe in and inviting this medicine to lift our hearts in this moment I know it's a a really difficult time for um, the world and you know we're all showing up with different things on our hearts so just um, asking this medicine to help lift whatever is heavy on our hearts right now so um, that our hearts can be open to uh, the beauty um, and the love that that is present here in this circle today so just <sighs> take one breath to affirm and let this prayer in. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Victoria, for, uh, you know, grounding us in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just, I would say, what else could I add to that? Um, I'm like, oh, sometimes when my bio gets read, I'm like, I'm really not, like, I'm like, damn, did I do that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just like, I think, you know, what what is not in, in the bio is um, how much I just, um, I don't know, what is not in my bio? <laughs> I'm just a regular person, like, trying to, like, live well and, like, see my people live well. Like, it's not that extraordinary. I don't think it's that extraordinary. Um but somehow, you know, in, in a world where, you know, our values have been so disaligned and we've been so far removed from the sacred memory of what our real purpose is here, uh, like things like compassion and caring for one another become extraordinary or they're spoken of like, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they did. It's like, yo, it's not it's not that extraordinary, <laughs> but maybe it is right. Maybe in a world where like things are. You know, we're you know we're the only living species in the planet that is desecrating like their their the habitat that gives them life. So maybe maybe that is extraordinary for more and more of us to to care <laughs> to return back into that that um, balance. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think. Do you want to add anything? Well, I'll just say it's really really sweet for me and for us that we get to be here together today. And one thing when I when I think about bios is how much they paint us as like individual selves. Like we never really get to list the hundreds, thousands of people and ancestors that make us us. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, we're so profoundly blessed to live in community together and have our stories entangled in that way. And just been reflecting on this a lot the past few months. Like when I reach out my hand and say, hi, I'm Morgan, it always feels like it falls short because like I am the sum of all the people mm-hmm. that are around me and shape me and maybe as one of them. So it's a blessing to be here together mm-hmm. to talk with you. Yeah. Or like one thing that's popped into mind that I really, really would like, I just want, my name is Nidalicia and my proudest accomplishment is actually learning how to make tortillas, which is like, you know, some people be like, oh, wow, really? That's your proudest accomplishment? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> learning how to make tortillas on a metate and then putting that on a open fire, like, you know, in a traditional way and then feeding that to my grandmother. Yes. That is my product. And for her to say you did good. Yes. Yes. That's honestly that's honestly my product's accomplishment. It happened it happened last year. Um, because I kept and I'm left-handed, so everything in my aunt's kitchen in Mexico is like set up the wrong way for me, you know, as a left-hand person. But my grandma was just like, let go of the fear, just toss it over the fire. And I was like, she she just told me that, and I was like, let go of the fear, let go of the fear. And I went, wham, and it just laid perfectly. It didn't fold. It didn't break. And I was like, this is it. Like, this ancestors, you see this? Like, um, So that's probably one of the things I should add to my bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear, and I hear you. I mean, it, that's, that's how the, the, the transmission that comes from generations and generation and generation, right? It's like mm-hmm. in that moment where you're making that tortilla over the hot fire and you're laying it out just perfect, you can like reach all the way back, yes. all the way forward, you know? And then you smell it and you taste it and you're there. And that's the, that's the embodiment of it, right? It's, this, it's in those, those moments where like you lose all of your, your cells just opens up and then you receive mm-hmm. all that is poured into you right so yeah I I get it I'm right there (laughs) yes so um, and Morgan you were saying like this is like one of the important things this person next to you you know Nidia is so important to you like tell me how you came together how your paths crossed Mm. wow yeah our our earth brought us together we met by way of like youth climate justice organizing um, through being on a delegation together of young organizers headed to the United Nations Climate Change Conference to do our best to disrupt the U.S. government and stand with our Global South friends and allies. And yeah, that, that experience taught us so much and brought us to this place, to Canticle Farm, where our retreat was when we first came together as that team and that group. So yeah, each of our ancestors bringing us to care about this moment and feel our need to respond to what's happening with our ecological crisis. And then, yeah, finding ourselves on the same team doing that work. Beautiful. Now you both mentioned a Canticle Farm at some different at a different point. Can you tell me a little bit more about Canticle Farm? And yeah, you start. Okay. Um, so are you hearing me? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We're like, oh, who should take? It? I was like, you start. <laughs> um, so we're. <laughs> 
We're here this morning calling in from Canticle Farm, which is Lishan Ohlone territory, known as Oakland, California. Um, this is a intentional community that's deliberately multiracial, cross-class, interfaith, intergenerational, doing our very best to practice living in beloved community. There's 43 of us living in eight houses around a central garden, um, growing food, growing one another, growing up as best we can to try and become, yeah, just like Nia was saying, regular, good, compassionate people as best we can in a time when it's hard to do that. So that's where we are, and it means a lot for the best. Yeah, and and like not just be regular like he, like humans, you know. I feel like a lot of times folks think about intentional communities and like or folks move to intentional communities because they want to escape the dysfunction of society or like you know, get away from toxic people and people that trigger them. But it's like actually intentional community is all about really being human, which involves being complex and traumatized with each other, right? Like and but more than anything, having the love and the and the tools to know how to be human, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is not uh hippy dippy, everything is sunshine. Like, you know, we just it's it's beautiful because we have so many of those moments, but we also have really intense moments where we're, we're um asked to sit with our humanity and sit with these legacies, right, right? Of uh that we've been born into, right? And sit with the question of like, huh, why did I choose to incarnate as an indigenous woman in this lifetime? Or like, huh, why did I choose to incarnate as like a white woman in this lifetime okay what do we have like obviously ancestors and life has crossed our paths like what what do we need to do together in this lifetime mm -hmm. um and yeah i would say that canical farm is definitely a prayer um of like a prayer embodied of like living in a place where we recognize that it is ultimately through deepening in relationship um, through grappling with what is difficult that we will that's the only way we can forge the relationships and weave the the nets that we need to weave in order to like get through this massive portal that I feel like we're moving into with like mass extinction happening with like the you know everything this moment that, that we're at right now in 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 our history so I would say like I've been so blessed to live in community with um, folks who believe in the importance of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, when I, I did go to your, your website and um, and watch the video and then um, actually we have a little video here that you want to show or uh, share. So let's let's watch that. But as, as it's being queued up, I just want to say that I did read some of the acknowledgement and commitment from your community. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's just so beautiful. And I it was so beautifully articulated. And I want to use that as a way to talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing. Um, but let's go ahead and, and, and watch the video first.
for, for, for bringing that. Do you want to share a little bit about that, that experience? And yeah. Well, that's, that's such a, um, wow. I was so moved to just, to just see it. Cause that was, uh, one of the like best moments, um, I think of my life. Mm. Is that dramatic? It was up there. Yeah. You know, that I think in that moment, I really, I feel like we really felt what we believe in, like manifesting. Um, So that video that that you all just saw was um, the fence removal ceremony um, that we did when we acquired the most recent home. Um, Well, actually, this the second most recent home to the farm that was adjacent to the farm. And when that house uh, went up for sale, uh, we all um, deliberated as a community to, you know, like here on the farm, every house has an intention and a purpose that it serves, right? Um, We have a house that is intended for formerly incarcerated men of color um, to just to to live, right? Who are transitioning um, back from prison. We have a home that is um, dedicated to like stewarding um, food distribution in our neighborhood and like um, people to people like medicine and support. Um, the home that Morgan and I moved into this community into was the the home that was dedicated to supporting young climate activists. And so when this home came uh, to our awareness, um, we deliberated as a community and virtually everybody, which is the quickest I think we've ever had a consensus without any if, ands, buts, or conditions. Um, it was very, very apparent that, you know, if we are an intentional community on stolen land, like it only makes sense that we, you know, give this house over to the indigenous people on whose land we are on. It was just like, duh, right? Um, And that process was very, very beautiful because we got to um, reach out to um, folks at Segurte Land Trust and say, hey, you know, we just acquired this this home and we want to give it to you. And that's that. (laughs) And we were really, we really moved and on surprise because it's the Bay Area, right? we were moved to learn that it was the first home that was being offered to be fully transferred to, to their ownership. And we were like, we're like, wait, they must have hella offers. And that wasn't the case. So to get to like live into that, right. Like to weave their prayer for like remake the rematriation of their land with our prayer for like having a community that is a platform for the great turning where like we're learning to live in right and be in right relationship across all these differences in the Bay area um, felt really, really um, like a really powerful moment. And auntie Karina, um, all my respects to her and her family came that day. And it was just this really special moment of like reckoning. Right. Um, With, you know, this question of like, well, we're on your land, so do we welcome you or do you welcome us? And, you know, there is like so much humility that and like, right, it's like, wow, we've never been here before. Like, so we kind of have to make this up because this has never happened before. 
Um, so it was, it was beautiful and humbling to like sit with those questions and like recognize that we're in a moment where we get to collectively decide how we want to heal those legacies together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'll just weave into that story with this context of money as medicine for this podcast. It was actually yesterday, a year ago when we found out the house was for sale and the family who'd been there a long time, we wanted to be able to give them all the money that they wanted to be able to go retire and move out to live near their children. And so we had to figure out how to fundraise $750,000 and we sat by the fire that night and it was Paul's birthday, just like it was yesterday. It was Paul, one of the elders in our community. It was his first birthday outside of prison and after 47 years and so it was a powerful evening and at the end of that circle um annie who started our community me and her the fundraising team she turns to me and she's like do you think we can do this do you think we can and the thing that came out of my mouth was like if that little piece of land wants to be part of this little piece of land like it will conspire to make it possible and that's what happened over the next five days more than I think initially like 30 something people which soon turned into like 150 people came together to buy that house and return it to Segurite and almost all of those people were motivated by wealth redistribution by the repair of ancestral harm and were folks who were like you know, whether I'm white or wealthy or both, I know I'm living on stolen land. I know that I'm being supported by stolen resources. And like here is just one of many, many opportunities to transmute a little bit of those resources. So it's been amazing kind of that like wider circle of community that came together to make it possible. And a lot of those folks were there that day in the video helping take the fence down too, along with the community. Mm, wow, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to, uh, it was beautiful to just witness it, you know, even without the whole context. And now that you share the context is even just heartwarming and it's really uh, like a physical manifestation of that prayer that's embodied in your acknowledgement and commitment. Um, so, you know, as you're doing the work, I'm mean, like, right now, I know that, um, in and Alicia, you, you were mentioned, like, it's so interesting, you know, Nidia, because I also am calling you like Alicia, you know, I'm like Alicia. I love it. The, I love Nidia. it. So it's really how I kind of go both. It's, both it's both, perfect. You know? It's perfect. Um, <laughs> so um just thinking about you know what earlier on you were talking about you're not that you know like you're just human beings doing the work right and and I I run into that sometimes too right in terms of like having the motto my motto is like I'm not that special you know I'm not that special you know people are like but, but, but you are I'm like no you are no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, and sometimes it's uh, the circles that that we kind of that kind of come around us and say, "Oh, you're special, and you're special." And the thing is, if we're not special, 
how do we then support others in taking the blinders off right and seeing that in some ways actually we are all ours all of us right. are mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah all of us. yeah yeah and no I totally and it's as simple we can complicate that as much as we want but I really think it's as simple as like you know, and you can look at it from a spiritual perspective or a scientific perspective. But when we go very, very back to like when, like to our beginning, right? Like yeah. conception, like what a miracle that out of the millions of tiny, tiny little sperm, you made it to that egg. Like that right there is this, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a crowd of millions of possible human iterations, you, like me, like you, you, everybody on this call, like, made it. You're listening to a TNS conversation with Morgan Curtis, Neria Alicia Garcia, and host Victoria Santos. You know, when I add my my spiritual belief to that, like, and say like my ancestors helped me make it. My ancestors like sent me, they chose me. Everybody, all those millions of sperm in that womb said, we choose you and we ordain you and we give you permission and we think you will represent us in a good way because we believe that you are special. And so, I re- and, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's really, we're living in a time where like, and you know, I, I love my mother and, and, you know, she's right. The older I get, the more I realize how right she was. Um, I don't tell her that yet because I don't want to be like, you know, mom's probably right. I know. <laughs> yeah. But she would always say like television and commercials, all those things are the devil. I'm like, mom, you're too much right now. You're too much. It's like the devil's in all those things. The devil's in tech. And and I was like, mom, the devil can't possibly. But like when I think about what that really means is like there's there's like so much confusion being sowed, like in commercials, in um, reality TV and all these things that keep us distracted from, like I said, from remembering and returning to like that deep, deeper question of like, who am I and what am I and like, and why am I here? And what am I here to be in service to? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human in this time of mass extinction and chaos? And like, how can we return to that sacred remembrance? You know, like we, we, um, we uh, have been joining the Winnemum Wintu tribe and chief Kelly on the run for salmon prayer journey uh, for several years now. And, you know, I think about the salmon when I'm when I'm out there. Like the salmon aren't having identity crises. Like they're not being overwhelmed by media and like all these and all these things. Like they are clear about who they are and what they're here to do. Like same with the beavers. Same with the birds. You know, like I've never seen a bird in the sky stop its flight with its flock and be like, actually, I'm a I'm a I'm a fly this opposite way. Right. So it's like, what is it going to take for us to like return to that sacred remembrance to where we're not even questioning to where we're just moving with like that sacred in that sacred way that like monarchs move in that sacred way that salmon move in that sacred way that like birds move. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Yeah. And as you're saying that, too, I'm, I'm just thinking about how 
all of the ways that media, you know, like both social media and television and all of that stuff, the way that it separates children and young people from really seeing the miracle and the specialness of this planet, right? Because mm-hmm. like just moving away from the connection to, to nature, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's actually a, an illness right now that's um, in, in young people, right? Like most people, young people watch more television and and in and, and, and social media then then they're actually are even outside like connecting to the trees right. or the rivers or the birds or the salmon right mm-hmm. and in that losing that connection then it's easier to destroy it yes. right mm-hmm. and so it's so mother earth needs us to remember and needs us to reconnect Mm-hmm. But along that that line, I mean, I also see that with Morgan in terms of what you're talking about, like with this podcast in terms of like of the ancestors, us, we need to remember in order to be able to connect to our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So tell me a little bit more. Let's go a little bit more there with you. Let's go there. Like, how is it that you have been connecting to your ancestors because you know when you read your bio right I mean it's pretty like to say that you you come from you know ancestors are colonizers and enslavers like I get it I understand it I know it my family knows it my history knows it right but to to own that mm-hmm. yeah I think I have to own it and my people have to own it because something I often say, it's like, as long as the intergenerational trauma is still here for your people, for Nidia's people, for Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, as long as the trauma is still here, so must be the responsibility for healing. Like, I don't get to be like dusting my hands of my ancestral legacy while other people are still having to carry theirs. And as I say that, I'm like, I'm carrying mine, whether I look at it or not and so it's actually liberating to like turn around and be like oh this is the truth about where i come from this is we have to plug in the computer um yeah it's i think there's so many forms of sickness that come through those of us with white bodies when we don't look and see the truth about what our people have done in our name. Like I know my ancestors took and stole and killed to create in their eyes a better life for their children. That was what they thought they were doing. And I am those children. And so if I see like that was not in integrity, that was violence, that was just immense amounts of pain and suffering and trauma that were inflicted in my name. That's my responsibility to, to look at and turn towards and in that way to, to not give up on my ancestors, to not say like, oh yeah, our family will always be perpetrators of violence or our family will always participate in these ongoing systems of, you know, slavery mutated into other forms, colonization ongoing and in other forms. Like, what does it mean to actually shift the legacy and actually make a different choice and not have my family story continue in the way that it has been? And 
when I choose to hold it that way, I know that's what my ancestors, the well ones who've had some time to reflect, want as well. They don't want their story to continue in the way it has been. They have their own stake in their descendants doing our best to clean up this mess and, and heal and step into a new story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you. I see you. What's happening for you as she's saying this, Nidia? Yeah. That's deep. Um, it's deep because, um, and I've, I've shared this with Morgan, but I, uh, I have I have mixed ancestry, right? So I have both ancestors who I have ancestors who enslaved uh, and like you know really harmed my other ancestors. So I got like a mixed I got a mixed bag, and I, I'm sure most of us do. Uh, but when when I pray and when I think about about you know like my ancestors on the other side, you know I think about how much those of my ancestors that were sickened by greed and um, were blinded by the illusion of power. Um, Like that when they wake up into the afterlife and they remember their life here, that they're grieving on the other Mm -hmm. side, that they're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I completely got it wrong. And I cannot, you know, that they're awakened to like their higher purpose in in the other life and that they're counting on me like, to do something right for them to like pray for them or to like you know do something like for example on my dad's side and my mom's side I have like you know folks who fought in like the revolution to like get land back in Mexico and I also have like one of my great-grandfathers was like uh, a hidatario hater (laughs) like he was like he you know who who had a lot of land um, and who had inherited some land from from his family that obviously was stolen. And so, like, I think about that. I think so much of, uh, about him, you know, being on the other side and realizing, like, wow, I really, I, I really gave that much worry to, like, possessing that much land. And in the end, I have nothing. <laughs> like, so, like, what is my responsibility to, like, um, to heal for him and to relinquish and give away or take care of or repair some of what he left for me to do right um and when i thought about that it actually i actually put the dots together finally this year after like my sixth year of on the run for salmon one of my great grandfathers came here as a migrant during the braceros program to earn dollars um picking tomatoes in stockton with a, a project that was only made possible by the damming of the McLeod River and the creation of Shasta Dam, which displaced the Winwom Wintu. And so like putting that together, right? Like my great my great grandfather came as a worker, earned American dollars, went back and bought land with money that, you know, was a result of genocide and displacement, right? And so, you know, like I was never a fish lover. I never was like, oh, I'm going to do this. But like spirit, you know, called me to that. And then like six years later, I'm like, oh, actually, I'm directly connected to like mm. healing this legacy. Even though my, my great grandfather did not put up the dam, um, there were still benefits that my family received from coming and earning American dollars to going, going back and purchasing land in Mexico that is still like 
it's not under my name. It's under like my grandma's brother's names, but um, you know, uh, they're not going to be around for much longer. And I got cousins that, you know, I'm going to have to have a talking with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I, yeah. It's it's, when you dig deep enough, you see how we're all actually interconnected and it's not that, um, that clean and pure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 As much as we, as much as we would like to think it's simple and it's not complex. uh, Part of one of the things we say in literature every Sunday here at Canical is, you know, like there's some, you know, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but um, some of us are continuing to be harmed by these legacies. Other of us continue to benefit from these legacies and some of us experience both. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, you know, in the end, when I think about it, um, when I think about money and all that, like Winona, Auntie Winona LaDuke had this really awesome quote where she talks about like how a lot of times in our movements, we're talking about like um, the the distribution of wealth. And um, she she made this point. I'm not going to even try to quote her because I'm a butcher it. But like what I got out of what she said was like, but no, how nobody ever really talks about where that wealth comes from, right? Because like in the end, all of us, like we all owe it back to the land, to the water, mm-hmm. to to like the salmon, like all that wealth, right? That, you know, it's like, I worked the land, but it's like, yeah, but I owe the land, the fruit that it gave mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's part of it, right? Like, shifting shifting our awareness to like be radical in in that in that sense right that it's like i don't owe you you don't owe me we but all owe it to like mother earth uh that is that is our that is the common denominator that we have with like every living being mm-hmm. that's why we're climate activists mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to add anything to that morgan before yeah just i mean it's it's so moving for me near to hear you articulate that story again. And it's, yeah, I feel like this is part of why I'm here at this time is this particular thing around like following the threads of wealth, power, resources from the present into the past, because it all has a story and it all has somewhere that it's wanting to go back to land, people, descendants, and there's so many places in my own story that that's so that, I mean, just one I learned very recently, I was sitting with my great aunt, my grandfather's sister, two weeks ago, and she gets out stacks of family history paperwork, and we're going through it all, and so much that could be found in there. But there was one piece that caught my eye, which was my great, great, great uncle, participated in the California gold rush. And I never knew that before. I never knew that I actually had an ancestor who came here to this place that stole, yeah, the water and the body of the earth of this place, participated in the displacement and genocide of so many California native people. That kind of foundational trauma to what has become California. And the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, like, that's why, that's why I'm here. That's why I've been 
doing my very best to stand with land back and, and healing of the land and standing beside and supporting as best I can the indigenous women leaders of this time in this state. And so sometimes we don't even know why we're doing things. I think that's in both yeah. of stories. And, and we might never know. So it's like also just trusting those impulses of like, oh, I just met this person and in hearing what they're trying to do for their people, like I had shivers all over my body. Okay, I'm going to trust that and just walk with it and go with it and show up as best I can. And yeah. Yeah. I just want to add to what you're saying because um, one of my friends who um, is is very gifted and like I've supported in like translating um, conversations with folks on the other side before, like she always says this thing to me about how like um, it's, you know, in these moments where we're feeling guided, we can talk to our ancestors and ask them to give us confirmations and they will speak to mm-hmm. us, right? Like we have a whole team, you know, of, of beings on the other side that are rooting for us, that are just That's there right. waiting for us to summon them and ask for their help. Like, and we, and we mm-hmm. gotta do that, you know, like, what is that? Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? One, when you get a, a one phone call, you, you, you don't got one <laughs> phone call. You got like 10 million phone calls. You can call your ancestors at any time. And, and if they can't help you, they're going to mm-hmm. call on their aunt and they're going to summon their homies and, and like, they're going to find the help for you. So like, yes, let's follow that. But also, um, and that's so deep because I I'm remembering um, a conversation I had with my partner about like he had his grandma passed away when his mom was really really little and like they have this tr- this trauma they're working through in their lifetime about like how did that trauma impact my mom how did that impact me I'm like do you ever talk to your grandma and he was he starts he started crying mm-hmm. like no one has ever I'm I'm about to be forty no one has ever told me to talk to my grandma and he's like I'm gonna go talk to my grandma I was like go talk to your grandma. <laughs> Um, yes yes yes. it's not gonna be like the same way right it's it's different type of communication right that 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 we get to discover and create Mm -hmm. just want to say that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. i I, i'm seeing uh andrea is putting uh some things in the comment about like sensing sabonfu's present in the room and uh, and, and he's affirming, or, or I don't know, they, I don't know the gender, let me not gender this person, I don't know, um, it's, it's, it's just affirming. And I just want to say that, uh, yes, Tsabonfu was um, an, a healer, uh, ritualist um, woman who came from Burkina Faso in, uh, in Africa, from Africa, and, and that was her whole thing was to help come to the West to help the, the West grieve. And her whole thing was about speaking to the ancestors and creating ancestor shrines. And so that what you just said, uh, Anidia Alicia, it was exactly what she was saying. It's just like, you have to give people, you know, your ancestor jobs. You know, they're all on the other side, just waiting for you to give them something to do. Oh, well. And they actually don't have a body. So they're actually even 
Uh, they can move even faster. So just start like, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, ancestors, can you do this? You could be like yelling at them. You could yell at them. You can curse at them. You could just be like, get to f-ing work because <laughs> things are going down right you now. You sent me here. <laughs> You're going to help me. <laughs> what the hell is happening? You know, I need you to like help me move that, you know, move with the mountain, you know, something, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. that's, what, it, that's what, much, they're, what they're talking about. Right. It's like amazing, right? Like, especially like I could, I, I'm just, I'm having an inside joke in my mind about like all the folks with inherited wealth being like, ancestors, help me relinquish all this money into the handsome Bible communities. It's like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't keep it in your mind let's put it out there because actually this goes right next to the next question i was going to ask you before we open it up to folks for question and that is you know most of the people probably on this call are like of the 50s late 50s 60s generation i don't know if there's a lot of young folks in this call i hope they are but probably not what do you want to tell to those folks, to folks that are like me in, my, in the 50s, late 50s, you know, going into my 60s? Like, right. What do you want to say? Like, this is your moment. Just let us have it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go first. <laughs> well, someone just said they turned 24. Fantastic. Then you join, yeah. you join Alicia and Morgan. <laughs> well, I'll try my best to say something to, to my people, which would be any of my white people, wealthy people, descendants of settlers on this call. Yeah, there's there's beauty and joy and healing and remembering awaiting you and me and us as we step towards this work. And it involves pain and it involves grief and there's some terrain of guilt and shame along the way too. And we even welcome that as like pointers towards where we need to go. And yeah, there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing more enlivening or life-giving than listening to what's being asked of us in this time. And I think when we pause to listen to really what's being been being asked for generations by black folks, by indigenous folks is just, yeah, we need to heal. We need to return what's been taken. We need to share. We need to remember who we are before we, we wrought so much pain and it's scary and it's uncomfortable, but the other side is beyond worth it and we're not alone we're not alone there's there's community and and love and the type of accountability that oof just holds us as we move through this so i'm here for you all you're listening to a tns conversation with morgan curtis neria alicia garcia and host victoria santos there's so much that is coming to me with like that is weaving into what you're saying. Um, hmm. I mean, I think what is coming to me right now in this moment is um, 
that invitation for us to not turn away from the pain and suffering of our brothers and sisters in this moment, those that are the most in harm's way, um, that includes the more than human world. Like, it's so important for us to sit and face uh, the collective pain of the world in this moment. Um, it's so important for us to recognize that there are ancestors who have sent us, hand-selected us to come in this moment of time in history to be here. It is a powerful invitation to liberate our ancestors on the other side who are still grieving their wrongdoings. We are the only ones who can do that for them. We are the only ones who can break those chains, those vicious chains, um, to bring healing to our ancestors on the other side and to ourselves. That is what um, was coming to me firstly. And then secondly is... Um, <clears throat> I think it requires for all of us, particularly uh, folks in their later age, to really truly sit with the question of um, what is my heart's high, like what is my heart's highest joy, right? Because when we really sit with that, we understand that it is not, it it is not going to be, you know our possessions. It is not going to be, our heart's highest joy is not having a savings account that is acquiring interest. Like rarely. It might add some security. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about inherited wealth. <laughs> what am I saying? But I can imagine that if we really sit with what is our heart's truest longing, it would not be that. <laughs> um, and for, for that, you know, I think just also the question of like, what world do you want your children to live in? Mm -hmm. Like, what world do you want your descendants to be born into? And what is the contribution you want to make? You know, when it comes down, you know, I'm I'm Chicana and we, we do, you know, Dia de los Muertos and stuff. Like, what is the way you want to be remembered when your descendants are putting pictures and food on your altar? You know, like... I want I want to I want my dad to be like I'm going to make my auntie up sole because she threw down like she really worked for me to have some clean water. I'm a I'm going to put a big cup of water for her uh this this Dia de los Muertos. Right? And and really recognize with um sit with sit with that how much we don't really own anything. Everything is borrowed. Um um and, and that came to me this Dia de los Muertos. One of my uncles passed away in August. Um, and uh, I was going through a hard time. And so I I was like, you know, praying and like talking to him. And in in a dream, he, he came to me. You know, I was I was like having a hard time over like, to me, what seemed like big deals in my human world. And he just in the dream showed up and he was just laughing. He was like, mija 
like none of that matters. It's like they, they didn't do this, that this, none of that matters. Just focus on being in right relationship with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. That's all you get to take with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Like you don't take nothing. He told me and he was just laughing. Like you don't take nothing. <laughs> um, and, and my uncle is someone who um, had a lot of, you know, he had, he had land that he had acquired um, he, he, there's a, you know, we still trying to figure out what to do with, he left a mess, right? But none of his belongings, he didn't take none of that with him. He didn't take his savings account. He didn't take his five trucks. He didn't take his 40 acres, none of that. And he was just reminding me, like, we don't take anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what do we want to leave? Oh, I'm just drinking all that wisdom that you're sharing and that the transmission that's coming from both of you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I um I want to say that uh, I you know when I said like the, the older generation and stuff, a lot of people in the 20s piped in and said, "We're here, we're here." So it is awesome. Thank you so much. And you know another lesson for like uh, don't assume right that that uh, of uh, uh, that this um that this is not an intergenerational conversation. So just want to just say, thank you. Well, and <laughs> and yeah. I will say something to the, uh, the young folks on this call, including myself, is you are not too young to write a will. I Let me tell you. Say that. <gasps> not too young. Trust me. Having to do with my uncle stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm going to write my will. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I literally was about to say that. So I am guess it's supposed to be coming out just, yeah, I've recently been supporting my partner who lost his father and his father had no will. And it's even, a hot mess. Even before that, just being in this practice, I was out in, in ceremony earlier this year. And as I was fasting, something that came to me was my will. What? what I wanted to say to the people that outlive me, whether that comes tomorrow or in some decades from now. And so I've really just been inviting people of my own age to, to be in that practice. And, and it's not a list of the things that you own, though it, that might be part of it. It's like, really, what do you want your descendants to know about who you are, who came before, what it is that you want to to leave them, as Nidia said. And I wanted to just read this little paragraph. Um, this, I, a letter came through me uh, earlier in the pandemic writing to my descendants. And I said, hmm, the money that came down through our family, gathered by generations of bankers, lawyers, captains of ships and industry has finally been returned to the people and lands from which it was taken. It is my prayer that you, my descendants, are still connected to the black and indigenous villages into which it flowed, that you are shaped by their leadership and that you still find ways to mutually support one another as the world heats and unravels. These villages are refugia of knowledge and wisdom, places where intergenerational trauma was able to be witnessed and healed where children grew into elders that guided their people onwards. These are your inheritance. These are our family's legacy. Thank you, thank you. 
And we have a couple of questions uh, um, that are in the chat, so I'm going to read those. And I just also want to say that, um, uh, uh, Nidia, you, you said like you, you don't have a his, um, history of like uh, inherited wealth. Um, and so there's the inherited wealth of money, but you definitely have an inheritance of wealth. Right. So there's that. And then the other piece I want to say, though, is this piece around because we live in a capitalist culture, right, where not having enough money becomes so stressful that it decreases our life expectancy, uh, increases the amount of, of diseases and illnesses, you know, that that we suffer under. And so this is why what you're doing, Morgan, is so important in terms of sharing. We need to share. We need to release and stop hoarding the resources so that we can have, you know, so that the water can flow. It's like this, the, the same way that the dam is damming up the water, wealth in this country and the wealth inequality is also being dammed and it's also being heard by a very small percentage of families, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that money needs to be released and people need to be able to have access to healthcare and education and clean water and clean food and housing and all of those things. So I just wanted to, to just say that. And um, let's go to some of these questions. Thanks for making that distinction, Victoria. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah. I think uh, Resma McKenna calls it like uh, people of culture or community you know, yes. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. So let's see. But the feedback I get from other people is that I'm so young. I'm 24, but I feel like I'm an old, I'm so old and I'm impatient about getting started doing something to contribute to community work. Do you have any recommendation for me to getting started or connected with similar mindset minded folks? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're asking. That's such the biggest step is just looking at like, oh, what am I longing for? You know, mm. and and then turning to the people around you and I'd be happy. I'm going to drop my email in the chat. If I can serve just hearing more about where you are and who you are and what it is that you're wanting. Like, yeah, we just... We get to sit with ourselves and see what I'm longing for. And then we just tell people and then things happen through relationship and emergence. So happy to be connected. Yeah, I was going to say something. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. Yeah. What you're longing for. Is anybody else out there would like to ask a question? I see this one in the chat. It says, um, thank you for all your wisdoms and time. Love the, did you speak to your grandma's story? What about our unwell ancestors? Can we speak to them? Mm-hmm. That's up to you. If you feel like you need to speak to them and either they're coming up in dreams or it's a relationship that you feel called to, um, to open that door to, then yes, by all means. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and like it, it's all it's all about following your intuition with that and mm-hmm. um obviously like I don't know how to say this but like having like strong protections and boundaries with 
some of those ancestors so that they know that you're you're the one that's alive and in control and they don't um you know you're you're you have you have a, a limit to your ability to like extend your your energy in their direction but you you can always pray for them mm -hmm. um but yeah it depends like if they're coming up um mm -hmm. in one way or another in dreams or like you're thinking about them um yeah then then i would say like praying for them setting your protections and boundaries and then engaging in a way that feels good to you um and that you feel like in your power about um and it's not always going to be pretty <laughs> like i've had some really challenging uh in interactions that have left me with headaches for days um and you know that's it's part of the healing. The healing ain't pretty, you know. When you when you trip on your skateboard and you got all that concrete and rocks in your arm, you gotta scrub it before you can heal it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. like and healing don't have healing does not happen in the fast lane exactly, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not linear. It's not like I'm healed. <laughs> um that's it's i think that, that that's not been my experience that's not been the experience of anybody that i have known even though i know that that's like a common narrative of like i healed this or like mm -hmm. no you're actively healing it right like especially because healing is ongoing mm -hmm. because the trauma and the pain that we continue to acquire is ongoing so yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, that was beautifully said. And I would just add in my experience, like Nidia was saying, it's like sometimes it's too big and we have to like look to our own like kind of felt experience. Like I've had the experience of going to graves of my colonizer ancestors thinking that I was going to, you know, maybe do something and just getting there and just being like, and like going and like lying down <laughs> under a tree like far away and just being like okay not ready for this one can't do this one and mm -hmm. and it makes a difference also i've found to like not go alone when we are taking those sort of like pilgrimage places like who are the people that are in this work for you who are people that are in this work with you and just like can they just sit with you visit with you hold you um and like not all communication has to go both ways like write that person a letter walk to the and leave it out under the tree and just let it be for six months like sometimes we can just go like hi and then wait until it's more clear what to do next yeah and also asking for help from your well ancestors yes. <laughs> to help you with your unwell ancestors again we don't have to do any of this work alone we got a whole army of folks that are that are wanting for us to um or just asking them to deal with them which is also mm -hmm. it's like ancestors please die, you know and mm -hmm. and that's another way i mean there's many ways mm -hmm. Yeah, you can also um, light like light candles. You know, you could you could find a place not anywhere like in your bedroom or anything. Just <laughs> not in your bedroom, but somewhere in, in the house or somewhere underneath the tree or somewhere outside. Um, 
and light a candle and also um, leave some food. You can also leave some food mm-hmm. uh, for them and be in like, you know, like Nidia says, you know, like be really clear with your boundaries. Just be like, we didn't have a good relationship and I think you did some really horrible things, but I love you and I want you to get well and I'm going to give you some food to help you on your journey, you know, <laughs> just like keep it real, you know, Um and, and, and so knowing that they're also like grieving and do, trying to do their work on the other side and um, but do not let them um, come into you and take you out for a couple of weeks. And then you're like you're walking around like a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. and and then, you know, there are some people out there right now that are doing some really good work around uh, ancestor healing and stuff. And I think um Having you know, doing your research and in, in, in finding a guide to support you, um, like like Morgan said, not doing it alone. It's it's also really important because some of this um, grief can only be healed in community. You know, and yes, some of absolutely. Yes. So um, yeah, and 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 sometimes too, when you're feeling very strong energies, um, don't think it's always yours, or that you you know, take a bath. You know do some cleansing practices, you know, um, go to the ocean, use mm-hmm. the ocean, you know, swim, yes. swim in salt water is always a good way of cleansing. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, going sitting underneath the tree is also a really great way of cleansing. Yes. So mm-hmm. walk in nature, walk in water, mm-hmm. pray, mm-hmm. cleanse your energy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you don't leave, live in front and near the ocean, crying is called summons the salt waters too. Mm-hmm. You know, get yourself in a shower and just have yourself a big, mm-hmm. a big cry. Yeah. Or if you have a bathtub, you know, take a bath with salt water. And if you live in California, save that water and use it to flush your toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> just saying all right let's see if there are any other um i don't see any other <laughs> let's, let's just do a little closing wrap up let's let's just a little meditation for a minute just like mm-hmm. let's i'll invite everyone in the call to just like let's just breathe together for a little bit and let's um just anchor ourselves and our hearts to the earth And I just want to turn it over to you two to just have us a closing, whatever you want it to be. Just want to give thanks to um, Father, Son, Mother Earth, the sky, the elements present in this day, the energies for the gift of this day, for the gift of waking up Earth's side giving thanks to all of our ancestors, all of our angels, all of our protectors, all of our guides uh, who continue to walk with us. May you continue to walk with us as we uh, move forward into this existence, ever exploring who you called us to be in this time and giving thanks for um, all of the hearts here present, uh, asking, asking the creator and the wise ones to um, fill our hearts with love and hope in this time. We're going through uh, such intense times in in this world right now, creator and ancestors. So just asking 
for you to fill our hearts with hope um, and with belief in ourselves to take the steps that we need to take, um, do the things that we need to do, say the things that we need to say to um, walk in that sacred remembrance of what creator, what you intended us to be as humans here. So just giving thanks for all the waters um, that will nourish us throughout this day, for all the animals, the four-legged, the fish, the animals that fly, the bugs, all of our more than human relatives who are working so hard and supporting us in this existence, supporting us in this work as we as we continue to walk and in, in, in on this journey of, of figuring out how to how to be good humans. Whew, just praying for um, all of our elders, all of our children, um, all of our relatives that are hungry in this time creator, asking that um, you move one of our human relatives to to find food or find clothes or find help for all of our human relatives that are needing help, all of our our young mothers, uh, all of our people who are um, fighting for their life and, and deciding um, if, if, if they're going to be here on this earth or not, creator, that you take those who need to be with you um, with grace and that you give health and restoration to those who need to continue to stay. Uh, mm. I would just add... Yeah, some thanks for everyone that has shown up here today. Um, just to see your names and your words in the chat and to trust the impulse that brought you here to be with us. And especially wanna just offer my thanks and my welcome for anyone for whom this conversation felt like new or stretchy or like, ah, this is very spiritual and I don't know if it works for me just welcoming all of those feelings and trusting that this there was something here that was for you today and may it carry you forward and and strengthen you as you see what's yours to do and we all have a place and we all have a role in this work and let's stay connected and keep supporting each other ah uh. Some beautiful messages in the in the chat for you too, and um, I just want to ask Creator, may they may, may you to be protected, may you find the path that's yours in the service of our humanity, in the service of all of the species in this planet. May our ancestors do the work that they need to do in order for the transition and the turning to continue so that we might be able to remember the specialness of this planet, specialness of ourselves. And may, may the rain come where it's needed. Mm -hmm. Come and continue to swim. May the bears find what they need to eat. And may the cycle of life continue. Yes. Ashen. Oh Thank you both.
Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Or day. Welcome. <laughs> it could be that it's night Absolutely. somewhere. Thank you for being with us for this second series in our com in our Money as Medicine series of conversations. And again, we'll have the recordings and uh, on our website and in our media outlets. You can find them there if you want to listen or watch again or share it with other people. And we hope you join us for an event in the future as well. With Victoria Santos, Morgan Curtis, and Miria Alicia Garcia, thank you for being with us at the New School at Commonweal. You've been listening to a TNS conversation with Morgan Curtis, Nuria Alicia Garcia, and host Victoria Santos. Thank you for listening to TNS, the new school at Commonweal. The new school at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kira Epstein. Our audio producer is Ken Adams. Our theme music was performed by Debbie Daly. Visit us online at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening.